You're listening to the Teach Better Talk podcast featuring expert educators eager to share progressive tactics to reach more students. Teach Better Talk is created by teachers and fueled by passion. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 35 of Teach Better Talk. I'm Ray Hewart, and as always, I'm with the fabulous Jeff Gargan. <laughs> I love that you almost like paused for a second trying to figure out how you were going to describe me. Well, I was thinking about all the emails I got of where to <laughs> describe you, and just none of them quite fit the bank for today. So you went with fabulous. I like it. Fabulous good. it is. You know, it's use good. that every so often. Well, today we have so much in store, which I know doesn't surprise those of you that have been listening every single week because we always have such incredible guests with us. But before we get into any of those details, I always like to ask you, Jeff, how are you doing? I am doing fantastic, Ray, or maybe I'm doing fabulous is how I should be. Feeling really good. Uh, we are approaching the holiday season. Just finished up with Thanksgiving. Now we're heading into winter. So we're doing Christmas shopping at my house, which is a lot of fun. We've got nieces, nephews, and the kids to buy for. So it's always a lot of fun. So super excited about that. We also have an awesome, awesome educator on with us tonight. Um, Mr. Joel Habaker is here from Alabama. Joel is a high school history and Bible teacher. He's also a high school soccer coach, which you and I both love soccer. So that's super cool. Love we got soccer. a coach on with us. Joel just also happens to be a number one Amazon bestselling author. Um, his book, Inverted Leadership, is is just done amazing over there on Amazon and just all around. It's a great book about just being a better leader by thinking about others first and forgetting about yourself. I'll let Joel sort of touch on that better than I did, but super excited to have you on, Joel. Really appreciate taking some time to, to chat with us and hang out with us, man. How are you feeling? I'm good. Thank you guys very much for having me on. I'm pumped. Uh, I love talking with other uh, teachers and, and especially people who love and appreciate the game of soccer. That's just a giant fat bonus. So um, really, really looking forward to chatting with you guys this evening. So should we vote? Like, should we just change our entire podcast to being a soccer conversation instead of education? Like, all in I favor, mean, raise your hand. I feel like there's a lot of overlap, um, you know, so I'm, I'm fine with wherever you, wherever you guys want to go. I'm along for the ride. Nice. We'll blend that in. Well, I do want to talk about you a little bit more, Joel, because I know Jeff gave you a really great introduction, but we'd love to hear more about your background. And when somebody up on the street comes up and says, hey, Joel, what do you do? What's your typical response? Uh, my typical response is I'm a, I'm a high school teacher by day and an author and speaker by night. Um, I've been in the classroom. This is my 13th year overall. And I feel very blessed because uh, if I just happened to have a couple million bucks rolling around in the bank, I would still want to teach and coach every day. I just I feel very blessed to get to do what I already love. Uh, the fact that people pay me to hang out with high school kids and and talk about history all day is a wonderful, wonderful thing. Um, it's interesting because um, both before becoming a teacher and I took kind of a two year hiatus in the middle of my teaching career. Um, during those times, I worked about 15 million other jobs. Uh, I worked as a, uh, a firefighter and a garbage man and a pizza delivery guy and a bartender and a, a landscape guy and a construction worker and, you know, just a bunch of different jobs in very different industries. And it's really a lot of fun because each of those things has caused me to bring a little bit something different to the classroom. Uh, and I'm very thankful to have had those opportunities as well. So, um, yeah, I've, I'm um, I'm in Alabama. I am um, divorced and remarried, and I've got two uh, wonderful daughters, one of whom is actually a freshman in high school. The other one is in sixth grade. And so they keep me on my toes. 
um, and I coach high school girls soccer. So a huge chunk of my world is learning how to be um, less abrasive and more gentle because a lot of the people I deal with are of the female persuasion. And, uh, and so my, my, my male bulldog bruiser and I hang out a lot just to have some guy time. <laughs> I love it. Joel, I love it. I appreciate you giving so much there uh, and really giving us a glimpse into your world and where you come from. I want to touch on something. I love that you mentioned that you took that hiatus and you did all these other mm -hmm. things. You know, anybody who knows me knows that I've done a lot of different things. I was, I was sort of like keeping track on my fingers, like how many of the things that, that I've also done that we've, we both, you know, experienced. Stuff. Nice. Um, a lot of things we have done that I've also done, to, you know, as I've sort of tried to figure out like what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. And I love that you then mentioned that you take all of those things and pieces from all those experiences and then bring them to your classroom and what you do now. And I feel like everything, and I always say that everything I've always done and all these things I've tried in my in my past lives, quote unquote, have led me to where I am today and also made me who I am and prepared me to do what I'm doing now, working with the Teach Better team and, and working with teachers all over the country. Absolutely. So I love that you sort of touched on that. Uh, really, really cool. Kind of like really hit me right in the heart with that one. And one of the other things that I always talk about is all those different experiences and those things that I've tried. I've had a lot of different times that I've met challenges, that I've had failures, that I've had struggles. And I've always learned from each of those. And I love that. So we talk a lot about failure. Um, and so can you kind of take us to a time that you've had a failure in your life um, and share with us what happened, why it was a failure? How did you overcome that? And then what did you learn from that? Certainly. Yeah. And there's, that's definitely a, um, a hefty question with a lot of different parts. So I want to make sure I hit all of them. Um, I would, <laughs> I would argue that probably the, the most glaring example of failure in my world is, is going through divorce and, um, you know, went through, uh, was married for eight and a half years and then, uh, went through divorce. And as part of that process, went through bankruptcy and went through foreclosure and uh, just all those negative things that kind of snowballed into uh, a big, uh, negative, time of my life. And it was after that, that I spent kind of my two years doing lots of other things to see if teaching is really what I wanted to get back into or, or see if, uh, if something else is maybe what I was called to do. Um, and since that time I've been, uh, you know, I, I appreciate teaching even more now after having done a lot of other things, because I really, with all the other jobs I've had, I realized that my worst day in the classroom was still better than my best day pouring cement or working as a bartender or whatever it may have been. Um, I've realized that um, a lot of the problems that led to my divorce were based on my own selfish pride. And so one of the biggest lessons I learned uh, is to be more selfless, that is to focus on other people more. Um, also, uh, because I had the my two daughters uh, from my first marriage, one of the things I realized looking back, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. One of the things I realized is that in my first marriage, I had not made my family a priority. I made my coaching a priority or I made sports in general a priority. And so I spent a lot of time uh, traveling around to watch soccer games or to watch basketball games or to coach soccer games. Um, and in doing so, I missed out on a lot of good hours I could have spent with my kids when they were younger. And so one of the lessons I learned from that is to be much more deliberate about how I spend my time and more deliberate about the decisions that I make that are going to take up a lot of my time. And so um, I still teach, I still coach, but the way that I do those things now is different than it was in my first five or six years as a teacher. And it's because I now place different priorities uh, on my time and on myself than I did 
uh, again when I was younger. And I'm, I'm thankful you get, you know, nobody looks back on their on their giant failures and thinks, boy, I'm glad I did that. But at the same time, I am thankful to have learned the lessons that I did. And one of the things that I try to do in my classroom is to teach life lessons through the history classes or through the Bible classes or through the soccer practices and games. Um, you know, I, I tell kids all the time, if the only thing I've taught you is how to write a good essay, evaluate a historical time period or, or shoot a soccer ball well, man, I wasted a bunch of your time. And uh, and so I'm really thankful to to be able to pass on some of the lessons that I learned to my students because the school I teach at is associated with an an organization and ministry called the Big Oak Ranch, and it's basically a second chance home for kids who have been abused or abandoned or both. And so a lot of the kids I teach come from really really difficult backgrounds. And when I tell them that, hey, listen, my parents divorced when I was in middle school and I went through divorce as an adult, it helps them immediately make a connection with me that maybe they wouldn't be able to otherwise because they know that I have some of the similar life experiences that they do. And I think that allows us to start off on a better foot um, than it it would otherwise. So really just, you know, again, very thankful to have learned some of those lessons. They're painful. They're hard. But if by sharing them, I can help other people avoid the same mistakes – uh, then I'm really glad for that. I'm thankful for that, to have that opportunity. And that's such a an important, just that in itself is such a strong and important life lesson for us to teach our kids, you know, that you can reflect back on even when you feel it's your worst time and your worst experiences and find the good in it, find the purpose in it, find a way to flip it around and use it for good like you are and the way you're using it in your classroom and sharing it with your students and finding that common ground. So I really appreciate you sharing that with us. Yeah. So we love talking about failure here, but we also really love talking about successes and we love celebrating. So let's talk about a success that you've had. Let's flip it in there and talk about a time that you've okay. felt very successful. This can be something big, something small. It doesn't matter, but tell us what happened. Why was it a success for you? And then what'd you take away from that experience? Okay. <clears throat> all right. So there's, there's three different things that immediately pop into mind and they're all from different areas of my life. The, the first one is with my, um, my teaching and coaching. Uh, we've been very blessed at the high school I, I teach at. Um, I took over the soccer program there. Uh, this will be our sixth year. And um, in that time, we've had a lot of success on the field. We, we've gone to two state championship games. Uh, we lost them both. That part sucked. But um, <laughs> getting, you know, getting all the way to back-to-back state championship games yeah. uh, was, that was just incredible. And I, I love that, not because it was my success, but it was because it was these girls' success. I tell them all the time, you know, I've coached soccer for 15, however many years now. Um, I haven't scored a single goal in all that time. And so it's not my success. It's your success. Like I was thrilled to to see those girls rewarded on the field. But even more than that, I'm really excited because I look at what our girls are doing now that they're in college. We've got some that are going to medical school. We've got some going to PT school. We've got some who are going to college to be um Uh, special education teachers. We've got some who are um, going into the military. And, you know, I I love the success on the field, but I'm I'm really more excited about what they do after they graduate. And because what that does is it shows me that they they learned more than just the game of soccer. They're really interested in giving back. Um, So that's one of them. The, The second success was writing my book and getting it done because it taught me a lot about time management. It also taught me or retaught me the very valuable lesson that anything I'm going to accomplish I'm going to accomplish only if I have help. Uh, I, I, I'll make a goofy illusion. You know, we're down here in Alabama. I am. And so um, uh, a lot of the stories we tell revolve around country roads. And uh, so I tell kids, you know, if you're driving down a country road and you see a turtle sitting on top of a wooden fence post, the one thing you can know for sure is the turtle didn't get there by itself. 
right? Because there's no way it could have done that. And so that's that's every one of us. There's there's nothing you or I accomplish on our own. Um, and then the third success is just uh, I had a, a great conversation with my older daughter the other day. She came and sat in my lap uh, in my recliner, and we talked for about 15 or 20 minutes just about goofy stuff going on in her world. And uh, to me, you know, that's a wonderful success because it means my 14-year-old daughter isn't too cool to come sit in her dad's lap and chat about mm. her day. And uh, that just means the world to me that, that both my kids are willing to do that. So, um, you know, I, I cheated and gave you three, but I tried to keep them brief. <laughs> That's all right. I think they were all great, man. Appreciate that. Well, huge successes and great takeaways from those stories. I love hearing the progression of your successes. I think all those elements are so important. But going back to your focus on what you consider to be a failure in your life, I, you made a really big emphasis on something that just hit so hard it's something I love. And that's this concept of like teaching the whole student. We are really doing them a disservice if we cannot find purposeful opportunities to incorporate real skills outside of our content into our classrooms. And I find, and I'm sure you hear this all the time from teachers, it's like, oh, I don't have time to do that. There's so much content. But in reality, if they learn all the content, learn none of the skills of life, then have we really done them any favors? You know, it's 100% so important. Agree. Yes, ma'am. Could not agree with you more. Well, and I have to tell you, this movement of not only making that apparent in classes, but really actively seeing teachers work towards that goal is getting me so excited about where education's going right now. So I want to flip it back to you. What is something that um, you're so excited about that you're seeing in education in our career and everything that you're working on? Uh, well, I, the thing that I'm most excited about is the potential of this generation. And, and the reason I say that is because, um, you know, this generation often gets a bad rap. They're, they're lazy or they're apathetic or they're addicted to their screens. And to be fair, there is some truth in each of those criticisms. Uh, but I'm really excited about this generation because, uh, especially after some books I read this summer that really helped me kind of change my mindset, one of the things that I learned uh, from C.S. Lewis, who is one of my top two all-time favorite authors, um, there's a passage in a book called Mere Christianity where he talks about the potential of different beings. He says, you know, a cow isn't really good or bad. A cow just sort of is, right? And he says a dog can be both better and worse because they're more intelligent. And a human being can be both better or worse because, again, a higher degree of intelligence. Well, for the reason that excites me about this generation is because for all of the criticisms leveled at this generation, again, some of them have some pretty good merit, but for all the criticisms leveled at this generation, what I believe is that as, as bad as this generation could be, they also could be that same amount incredible. They could be that same amount awesome. And so if we can get this generation to believe that they have the potential to be outstanding, they have the generate they have the potential to be the the most well-rounded or best educated or most empathetic generation that's ever existed. That has me really excited because that's something that a lot of them can identify with, you know, in, in a generation where cyberbullying is even worse than regular bullying, what if we can teach this generation to go out of their way to be kind and caring to people, both in person and in their digital lives? And so I'm excited about teaching kids how to think about having empathy towards others. I'm excited about teaching kids to think about the difference between having access to information and having actual knowledge and wisdom. Because that's one of the things I focus on when we teach is, you know, I ask the kids the question the first day, what are you doing here? 
And if your answer is, I'm here to learn history, well, you may be in the right classroom, but your mind is not in the right frame to learn what I'm going to teach you. I'm here to teach you um, knowledge and wisdom and life lessons. History is just the subject matter, just like you were talking about. Um, so what has me excited is, is that idea. And it's really funny because the way that I go about doing that is a bit old-fashioned. Uh, as a history teacher and as a self-avowed Luddite, I don't actually use a lot of technology in my classroom. We do a lot of reading. We do a lot of discussion and Socratic method, and we do a lot of writing. Um, we, use, we use technology some. Uh, but I really am a firm believer in the power of the human mind, and we need to access that as much as we can. So those things get me really excited when I think about teaching. Hey, guys, while we take a quick break, I want to make sure that you are constantly thinking about how you are growing your network. We have a hashtag mastery chat every Thursday night at 8 o'clock Eastern. It's a great way to pop on, answer a few questions, and collaborate with teachers around the world. Hope you join us next Thursday. Well, and you touch on such an important element of that, trying to empower our students. That is something that is a skill that teachers need to continually work on, trying to really master the art of empowering others and amplifying their voices. So as we flip back to then how you go about actually accomplishing that task, it leads itself really well into the question I wanted to ask you about the advice that you would give to new teachers. And so maybe it's not a new teacher, maybe it's a teacher that is eager to just be a part of the mission that you're working towards. Maybe it's a teacher in their first or third year working in the classroom, really trying to make the impact that you've painted such a wonderful picture of. What is your biggest piece of advice for our future and current educators? I would say um, two things. One, I would say don't be scared to ask for help. Um, and, and what I mean by that is, again, be willing to talk with lots of different teachers, even from outside your discipline, and get different ideas that maybe you can bring into your classroom. Because that the second part is, <clears throat> excuse me, to get to know your students. The, the thing that I've found is students will remain engaged as long as they are interested. And so that means if kids aren't bored, they, they want to learn. They, they want to be engaged in what you're doing. And the easiest way to keep them interested is to teach them things that are interesting to them, which means you have to get to know your students as early and as quickly as possible so that even if I'm teaching history, well, the way I keep them interested is relate what we are teaching, whether, you know, we just took, my, my freshman just took a test today on um, World War II. Okay, well, how do I relate what they learned about World War II to what they talk about in the cafeteria or in the hallways? Because if I can relate what they're learning to what they're living, they're going to be interested. And I wish I had learned that many years ago. Uh, I, I've always known that kids who are interested are going to pay better attention. They just can't help it. Um, sometimes I think we make the mistake of thinking that that means they need to be entertained all the time. I don't think that's actually the case. Uh, but I think it's important to get to know your students so that you can relate what they're teaching to what they're already interested in. And I think the, the earlier, the sooner a teacher can learn that, the more enjoyment they're going to have in their classroom. I love that you touched on the difference between entertaining an engagement there because you don't necessarily have to be like going crazy hooting and hollering and singing and dancing if that's not right. your style yeah or necessarily playing computer games the whole time sure exactly right so but it's finding that engagement i love that you touched on you know we talk a lot about and very common answers in guidance or advice that new teachers from veteran teachers is to is is get to know your students build those relationships right. but i love the yeah. 
the secondary twist you put on there, not just so that you can build the relationship and have that foundation, because obviously that's really, really important, but the emphasis that you put on getting to know them so that you can tie what you're teaching them into what they like, what they're already interested in, what's important to them, so that they remain right. interested, so that they remain engaged. I think that's a really, really important piece there. I really like that a lot. Um, I want to take take a second here, and can we talk just a minute about your book? Yeah, certainly. So can you talk about inverted leadership and just sort of give us the thousand foot view of what the book's about? Yeah, absolutely. So the book is called, uh, like you mentioned earlier, it's called Inverted Leadership, Lead Others Better by Forgetting About Yourself. And um, uh, I am a, I'm, a, I'm an outspoken Christian. I teach at a small Christian school. So the book is about gospel-centered leadership. Um, but really, the leadership principles apply whether you, uh, whether you call yourself a Christian or not. And the whole idea is um, to, to really be a leader. What your life needs to be focused on is serving the people around you. Um, and I, I made, you know, there's three major points that I make in the book. The first one is lead where you are, which simply means every position you have is either a leadership position or it's training for a future leadership position. Like you and I talked about earlier, we've had a ton of jobs and those different mm -hmm. jobs, they, they roll over into the classroom. So there's something that I've learned that's going to help me be a better teacher, even if I learned it while I was pouring cement or whatever it may have been. Uh, the second part is be the first, which means leaders have to be willing to be uncomfortable. They have to be the first to step out and encourage someone, or they have to be the first to reach out and reconcile a relationship that they have damaged, or they have to simply be the first to speak up when things aren't the way that they should be. Um, and the third part is lead through learning, which is obviously a huge chunk of, of the educational stuff that we're talking about mm -hmm. here. Uh, the idea there is if you're going to be a good leader, you've got to constantly be learning about how to be a better leader, whether that's getting to know your audience better or whether that's learning new ways to get information across or whatever it may be. And so really the book is just about reinforcing from a lot of different angles the idea that leadership is really just service. That's all it is. If you want to be a leader, then go learn how to serve. That's that's all leadership is at its core. It's serving other people to help them become better versions of themselves. And when we do that, we make a huge impact on people around us, and that has a ripple effect. Uh, my, my administrator says it really well. She says that as teachers, we are seed planters. We don't normally get to see the fruit of what we do. And even if we do get to see it, it's not for years. It's not until years in the future. And so what that means is we, we have to have the confidence to know that what we're doing matters. And the way that we do that is by seeing the little bits of impact that we can have, knowing those bits of impact will become bigger as the students move on and do other things. Uh, so that's really what the book's about. And, and in it, I tell a lot of stories from history. Uh, I tell a lot of stories about my own past. Uh, there's also some soccer stuff thrown in there because I can't imagine – writing a book and not talking about soccer at least a little <laughs> bit that just seems like a waste of a book um you know even and i to be fair i'm stretching a little bit but even J.R.R. tolkien couldn't resist talking a little bit about rugby and the hobbit when he talked about you know uh dwarves being punted sky high for a football um so i figure if you're you know if you're gonna write a book you may as well include something in there from that realm um but that's what the book's about. It's just about teaching people how to be better at serving um, and, uh, and, and by doing that, really making an impact on the people around them. I love that. You know, when I was young, I, had, I was in sales and I <laughs> had a, a mentor who I still talk about and quote all the time. He used to tell us all the time that if you focus all of your attention, all your energy on other people, that one day you turn around and there'd be a big pile of cash behind you. Nice. Now, at the time, you know, we were in sales and so, you know, the cash, pile of cash he was talking about, I think, you know, 
to us it was okay that it was just we were talking about cash but as i got older and as i you know thought about that you know what he used to say more and i right. and, and knew more about him and his background i think um that actually came from a deeper place and a deeper meeting and that that pile mm-hmm. of cash he was talking about wasn't necessarily cash right. but it was also success and fulfillment and purpose in your life and and that was the truth absolutely what he used to tell us so I love the title of the book. I love the purpose of it. I'm totally going over Amazon and buying it right yeah, now. Yeah, do it. I really, really like the focus of it. All right. So now we're going to have a little bit of fun. So we're going to do okay. the next six questions. And Joel, you're going to try and answer each one in 15 seconds or less. Are you ready for this? Yeah, I think so. All right, Fingers coach. are crossed for you, Joel. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate it. All right. Here we go. What is one EdTech tool you cannot live without? Uh, I need my projector and my computer because we lo- we watch a lot of John Green uh, crash course videos on YouTube. Love it. What is a book that you're reading right now? Uh, I'm reading a book called The Meaning of Marriage by Tim Keller, a book called Soccer Field Mission Field by Michael Zigarelli, and a book called The Fall of Berlin, and the author's name escapes me. I If I only had one book to read at a time, I'd go crazy. <laughs> Got one in each room of the house. <laughs> nice. Who do we have to follow on Twitter today? Uh, a guy named Phil Taylor. Uh, another one whose uh, handle is at Teacher Goals, and another one is at Mr. P. Strunk. Uh, those are some of my favorite people. Love okay. him. Right? Yeah, we just released the episode did with you? Phil um, nice. just today yesterday. No, today. Oh, yeah, this okay. morning we released we'll have to it. Check so. that one out. Yeah, yeah, he's great. But like, we love Phil. Phil is awesome. That was a great, great episode. So, okay. All right. So, what is the best YouTube channel or website? For educators. I, mine's Crash Course. That's my go-to. Love it. What is one daily, weekly, or monthly routine that every teacher should get into? Continuing to read outside source material for your subject. That is, you need to know stuff that's not just in the textbook. Love so don't, it. Don't, be afraid to, don't be afraid to go outside of that to bring information in. Love it. And finally, what is the best piece of advice you have ever received? <sighs> uh, do the right thing. Uh, even when no one's looking, do the right thing because it's mm. the right thing. Um, and as a teacher, that means teach for when they're 25, not for when they're 15. Yes. Oh, nailed it. You did awesome, Joel. I love your answers. I appreciate it. Every Thank- time that's really how we determine if we're going <laughs> to, you know, like this podcast. It's really, it really you know, is how question. we do it. So you did awesome. Well, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that very much. That's a good sign. I'm glad I'm encouraged by that. Well, Joel, I might have the most important question for you throughout this time. I know our listeners have really enjoyed your insight. You bring such a a different but very similar perspective of everything that we usually talk about, but you said it so eloquently and with such great power and stories. And I want to make sure that our listeners can keep this conversation going because if you're listening to a podcast, sitting in your car or getting ready for work or right before bed, you know, some of these things you leave inspired, but that's where the learning ends. We really, really want everybody to continue these connections because it's so powerful to build a network of passionate, innovative educators. So how can everybody in the entire world, how can everybody connect with you? What's what's the best way? <laughs> uh, well, thank you for the kind words. Um, the best way to connect with me is to, um, you can find me on my, uh, my social media. Uh, my Twitter is at Real Life Leading. Uh, you can find me on Facebook or on LinkedIn just with my name, Joel Hallbaker. Uh, you can come by my website, which is reallifeleading.com. Um, or you can, you know, you can find the book on Amazon. It's Inverted Leadership. Or if you want to find the uh, an ebook that I wrote, it's called Extraordinary Leadership. That one's much more about my dad, uh, who was a 20-year Army veteran. So that's pretty cool. Um, so those are the best ways to get in touch with me. I would, uh, I would love to hear from people. You know, send them my way. I'd love to answer whatever questions I can or, or be of service however I may be able to. So thank you for asking. 
And you know you can find all the links and resources and everything we talked about with Joel today over at teachbetter.com, as well as those really important links for connecting with Joel. We'll have all of that over there in the show notes, including links to his books um, and ways that you can connect with them. So make sure you head over to teachbetter.com for all of that. Be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. And if you can give us a rating and review, that'd be great. And then I really need you to do me a favor. If you're listening right now and you're enjoying anything that's going on and that's been on any of the episodes of Teach Better Talk, I want you to think of someone, anyone you know that you think needs to hear this. Maybe it's a teacher that's in the first year, a veteran teacher who needs a little boost to to, to the, what they're doing or their morale or how they're feeling, or a friend and family that you just need to understand what it's like to be in your world as a teacher. Do me a favor. Do Ray a favor. Do Joel a favor. Do us all a favor. Share this podcast with them. We want these stories and these amazing educators, their stories to be heard by more people. So we truly, truly appreciate that if you could do that for us. Joel, it's been so much fun. Such an honor to have you on. I truly appreciate your insight, your take on things, you sharing so many of your stories and just taking some time to hang out with us and have some fun, man. We really appreciate that a lot. Yeah, hey, listen, it's absolutely been my pleasure. Like I said, I, I love chatting with other teachers. I love to learn from them. And uh, I really have been encouraged by you guys and what you're doing. Thank you guys for uh, for putting all these great resources together and, and helping teachers out to uh, to try to do their jobs even better. Really, they're calling a lot better. So thank you guys for having me on. I've had a great time. Thank you so much. I appreciate the kind words. And until next time, let's get out there and let's teach better. 